0: In this episode, I sit down with Xavi de Guzman, the actor and founder of the Play On Foundation. Get excited, because this is Tiny Leaps. Big change, big change. Episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas and in this episode, I'm sitting down with someone who was at one point in his life a professional athlete. He was a stuntman. He is currently an actor. He is the founder of a nonprofit organization designed to help bring awareness to aneurysms and all of the costs and, and risks around that. And in this conversation, he is going to be sharing a lot of things. So in this episode, this is going to be a part one, part two. Part two is going to publish tomorrow, so make sure you come back for it. But in this one, he shares a little bit of his background, why he got into being an actor in the first place, how he transitioned from being a pro athlete to being a stuntman, to being an actor, and what he relied on to accomplish that. Uh, We talk about why he started the foundation and why this is such an important problem. And we also talk about how he finds certainty in the projects that he takes on, how he find certainty in his path, how he chooses the direction that he wants to take his life and his career, which is something I personally struggle with. So I know that that part is going to be super helpful. And then finally, we talk about the role that mentorship and coaching has played in his career thus far and his life thus far. So this should be a super good episode. Now, before we jump into it, support for this episode comes from TLBC+. Plus. If you've been listening to this podcast for a little while and want to take your personal development to the next level, then check out TLBC+. Plus. As a member, you'll get access to an exclusive community of listeners who are all dedicated to creating change in their lives. Each month, we do a Zoom call together to set goals, check in with each other and hold each other accountable. Then we share our wins, losses, and lessons learned inside the private community. You'll also get access to guided resources like our goal-setting worksheet designed to help you take the right action consistently. TLBC Plus is the next step on your journey to creating the outcomes you want. As a member, I will personally hold you accountable to the things you say you want to accomplish, share advice or experience to help support you, and hold your hand, virtually of course, when you find yourself getting stuck. You can join TLBC plus today for just $5. And if you aren't happy, within 30 days, a full refund will be offered. Head over to www.tinyleapsplus.com today to learn more. That's www.tinyleapsplus.com now. So without further ado, let's get into part one of my conversation with Chavi de Guzman. And again, if you enjoy this conversation, part two will be publishing tomorrow. So make sure you come back for that. Let's do it. All right. So I'm here with Chavi de Guzman. Chavi, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So you are an actor. Uh, you founded a foundation, a nonprofit around uh, researching neurological issues. Uh, just give us a little bit about your background. And I'd love to hear two things. One, uh, how you sort of what sparked you getting into acting? Because I was looking at your IMDB. You've done a lot in your life? Um, you, you you were an athlete for a very long time. I don't know if you you still consider yourself that, but you've done Muay Thai kickboxing, you've done javelin in high school, um, you've done a lot. So how did you transition to, okay, you know what, I'm going to be an actor. And then uh, from that, how did you decide I want to start this foundation?
1: Um, so starting off with my, how I got into acting was by fluke it's by happenstance um i didn't even intend on it i started um wanting to explore different avenues of work as being a muay thai fighter Hmm. so after having invested so much time in that martial art and competing i got to a point where i was like okay i'm going to need a more stable source of income some way, somehow. And my options were open a gym, become a personal trainer, um, do coaching sessions with other fighters, things like that. And this opportunity kind of just fell in my lap where a friend mentioned that a director of a show was looking for fighters or boxers Mm -hmm. to add to this scene. And then through that, I got introduced to the world of stunts and just kind of fell in love with the entire cliche thing of movie magic and seeing how things were made. And it made me want to explore it more. Mm -hmm. So then through that, I just decided to make a full 180 and stop training competitively and put more focus into something that could potentially add to some... Financial stability in my life.
0: I find it really funny that um, your answer to financial stability was becoming an actor.
1: <laughs> well, stunts <laughs> itself is a much more niche community where uh, you're, there's more guarantee of work. Once you get within that community, you're kind of recycled through it because it's such a small community. That makes sense. Production always wants stunts, always wants stunts. So, mm. with that, like talking with stunt actors that have been doing it for a while like i see them they have houses they are you know they're already having kids they're reaching these adult um milestones that we think as normal in society mm-hmm. where acting itself there's not really that stability or anything right that comes to mind until you push further and get to the point where luckily I've almost reached or kind of reached some people would say I've reached it but I don't think so yet Mm -hmm. but um yeah so in the world of stunts all of a sudden I'm working on these sets and seeing how things are done and then I'm I've always been one to kind of always look for what's next what's best what's better than what I'm doing right now and the thing that showed itself on set was seeing the actors with the lines with the dialogue in front of the camera and then i was like i want to do what they're doing how do i how do i get to that so talking to other friends of mine um that have been in the industry um shout out my friend alex malari he was the one that pushed me in the direction of going to uh teacher in toronto and starting my studious angle and lifestyle of acting and learning about the craft and being more being more of, of an actor as opposed to just somebody who wants to act mm-hmm. so taking that leap. um and then fast forward to today where i have this foundation that me and my friends started um called the play on foundation that revolves around brain aneurysm. Um, prevention and detection. Mm -hmm. And I got into that specifically because a friend of mine passed away in 2013 due to a brain aneurysm uh, rupture. And the the reasoning that the doctor gave just never really sat well with me where Mm -hmm. it can happen to anybody. And you just hear that where it's like, it can happen to anybody. Well, it can it could happen to me, it could happen to, you know, my family, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, how can it just happen to anybody? There's no steps, there's nothing to help, you know, prevent this, to help detect it. And to the point where you especially getting to the into um the entertainment industry, you start to hear stories of other high-profile individuals actors and celebrities that have had to fight this type of ailment this disease mm. and some of them unfortunately pass away others you don't even hear about till later like Amelia Clark where we found out that she had two aneurysms during filming Game of Thrones mm. um, and then what I just learned recently is um, Joe Biden, next president, he was lucky enough to had an aneurysm detected and was able to have surgery on it to have it removed yeah. and stuff like that, where it's like, in order for you even to go in for that specifically, just they don't add those to random checkups to your regular checkups. You have to go in specifically for, I'm, you know, I have something going on in my brain. I need a CT scan and then a CT scan, let alone costs like $6,000. Yeah. Right. So finding a way to just push funding towards the direction of um this specific neurological aspect of research because if you just put money into neurology it goes into so many different things. Right. Your it gets diluted and brain aneurysms itself is something that's the least explored within the field, which is something that I learned talking to different medical professionals. So hopefully, yeah, we can make a difference. And in the future, this becomes something as normal as, you know, trying to encourage men to go check their prostate.
0: Right. Because it becomes a part of their their doctor's visit.
1: Yeah. How long have you been uh, running PlayOn? So we founded it in 2018 as a nonprofit organization. And then in 2019, we were lucky enough to get approved by the government to be able to claim it as a charity. Mm. So we are officially a charity um, since 2019. So yeah.
0: congratulations! Thank you so much. So you've, I'm hearing this theme throughout uh, your life so far of quite honestly, attempting and, and kind of achieving uh, things that, a lot of people consider to be impossible. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, you, you, you were a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. You decided I'm, I'm going to get into the, being a stuntman. That that's another goal that many people have and and never accomplish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there you decided, you know what, I'm going to be on screen with, with actual, mm-hmm. uh, uh, with the script and you've yeah. accomplished that as well, and now you're tackling this this huge problem that, uh, like you and all of those doctors said, it can just kind of happen to everybody, to anybody at any time in your, their life with pretty much no warning. And here you are tr- attempting to to make the impossible possible again by bringing awareness to it by by putting funding towards it. What do you think is the What makes you go for things that seem so difficult to, to accomplish?
1: Um, I really just kind of revolve that around my why and just kind of being passionate about my why or my purpose. Um, when I was training to be a fighter, my coach would constantly tell me, what's your goal? And my answer would constantly be um, just to be the best, just to strive to be the best. And it was like a constant reminder of there's steps to become the best. And he kind of just made that the mantra that we had. It's like, what is your goal? What are you trying to do? And mm-hmm. just saying that just to be the best as my why, as my purpose drove that. So my goal was to be the best. And with that, I'm starting to gain acclamations at certain levels, regional champion, all the way up to national champion. And then being in, I guess, what you call the big leagues for Muay Thai and fighting in Thailand. And that was just always the goal. And then once I fell into stunts, it was, I want to still, it was the same thing. I want to, I you know, sell this story. I want to try and give all my effort into this movie magic and just be in the moment. And just because as you may know, like the, the term it takes a village to complete a film and put it all together. Um, so with that, where it's working with the camera guys on different angles to make things look believable. And then when I fell into acting, it was the concept of, I want to be an amazing storyteller. I just want to tell stories. Mm-hmm. And, well, let's even start with when I first decided that I wanted to pursue the entertainment industry. I'm not going to lie. The first thing that drew me in was the paycheck. The right. first time I got a paycheck for doing stunts, I was like, this is a, this is the most amount of money that I've ever held in my hand at <laughs> one time. <laughs> and I was like, my it's life motivator." Is- Oh my goodness. So that was the big thing was like, I need another one of these checks. This is what's going to give me the stability. And at the same time, be able to you know, prove to my mom that I'm, I'm doing something with my life. You don't have to worry about me so much. And then it got to the point where it became, I guess, less selfish in the sense where I didn't really care about the paycheck anymore. It was more about telling the stories. I want to tell good mm. stories. Give me a great script. Give me the opportunity to read for it. And then it, it kind of came full circle where I, I don't feel slighted to say that I'm one of those actors that's now chasing fame. I am chasing fame mm-hmm. because I want to take that attention and then push it towards the charity. So my why currently, and it's been my why for the last three, four years, is to be famous, to push towards that charity. Yeah. So. And there's a quote from Chadwick Boseman um, from his inauguration, not an inauguration speech, uh, commencement speech, um, mm-hmm. where he says, don't look for a job, look for a purpose, because purpose crosses boundaries, purpose crosses careers. So with that, where it's like, even when I'm writing a book, um, which I'm currently <laughs> doing or trying to get through, I got caught up in it. For during uh, a tough journey, yeah. And it's like, I'll every time I sit down and get to a chapter, it's because I want this to be a great story. So then the attention it gets, I can bring it back towards the charity, yeah. So, my driving force is wholeheartedly 100% my purpose, or what I believe to be my purpose, which is trying to leave an impact through Mm. that. Charity. So that leads
0: me to a question that um, I I personally struggle with. Uh, I I am completely open with my listeners about, uh, I have a very hard time. Like I've never once with anything I do felt like this is the thing I want to be the best in the world at. This is the thing that is my purpose. This is the thing that I'm going to put everything I have into leave it all on the field And uh, uh, walk away having excelled at and been one of the best. Everything that I've done has purely been I'm interested in this in the moment. And when that moment passes, I'm no longer interested. Tiny Leaps, quite honestly, is one of the few things that have stuck around for more than uh, uh, I've been hosting it for about to be five years now. That's the longest Mm -hmm. I've ever spent on any one thing. Uh, So all of that set up to ask when you are approaching... And this is something that as an actor, you have to do all the time when you are approaching a project or at any of the moments when you've made uh, pivots in your career or at uh, with this foundation. How are you so certain that that is the right move? How are you so certain that that's where you should be spending your time and energy and trying to be the best at?
1: Um, I don't think there's certainty. Mm. Um, I think I think that's something what you what you just explained on your end I think is exactly what I'm doing where there's two quotes that come to mind when it comes to pursuing things and the first one's from Jim Carrey where he says um you can fail you can fail at something you hate so why not try something you love
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's all it is is I'm doing this in the moment I'm just going with it and in correlation to the title of your podcast, tiny leaps, that's all it is. I'm, I'm enjoying all the tiny wins that come along with it. And just as me pivoting from fighting to acting, the exact same thing happened to me that happened to you. I lost interest in competing and fighting and I just started doing something else that I enjoyed. And with that, like there's again, there's no certainty of of the destination. I don't know where this is going. And then the second quote that comes to mind is from Will Smith, where he talks about the concept of building a wall. You don't worry about the wall. You just worry about placing each brick. individual brick, right? Um, and that's all you focus on. And then you repeat that process. You take another brick and you place that brick as perfectly as you can place it. And eventually, you have a massive wall, a perfectly built wall because of the amount of attention that you gave to each brick. And Mm -hmm. I equate each brick to being each moment in your life that you enjoy. And the final wall that you're going to get, the only thing that I can like be sure of is it's going to be a cool wall. (laughs) It's it might a, not be effective. There is going to be holes in the wall, but it's going to be a cool wall. And I think I'm going to be happy with what I see <laughs> because I just. It's a cool just wall been, that
0: you built yourself.
1: Yeah. And I just because I've been enjoying every single brick that I'm placing down and just staying in that moment as opposed to just thinking about the end goal or the certainty of it. Mm-hmm. So I think you're on the right track with just going with what it is that you enjoy.
0: That's a beautiful way of looking at it. Um, and something else that I'm hearing from you throughout this conversation thus far is you, you have a lot of, it seems to me, uh, mentors from afar. And then of course the actual coaches and, and people that you've worked directly with, what role has that kind of guidance from someone else who's walked the path before you, either from somebody like a Will Smith that I assume you've never actually met or somebody like your acting coach, what role has, has that kind of guidance played in your life so far?
1: Um, there's, there's two, I guess, scales in, in this type of, of guidance where when I first started, it was hard to listen to celebrities mm. and just because I, I couldn't relate to them. I didn't get it. I sure Rocky Balboa, you know, was going bankrupt and he was working on, um, Sylvester Stallone, sorry, I was working on Rocky and, and he put all of his money every single dollar he's living in his car. And then you hear stories of like Dwayne Johnson where he only has seven bucks in his pocket at one point. And you hear stories of like Chris Pratt living out of his van in Hawaii. And it's like, that's cool and all. Because I can look at my bank account at the time and say, yeah, I have peanuts. So it should be relatable, but it really wasn't. So that's why um, my buddy Alex Miller Jr. as well as Jordan Johnson Hines, seeing them and seeing that we grew up in the same neighborhood and the same circumstances that we all experienced. And then seeing them do it was motivating to me because then it really showed that I also can do this. I came exactly from where they came from. You know, we ate at the same lunch tables. We had the same classes, you know, so we had the same influences. Yet they broke apart from the mold and then they followed acting. So that's why I I sought advice from those individuals versus looking at the interviews on YouTube and figuring mm-hmm. that out. But now in my, where I'm at on my acting journey, I listen to people like, um, Hugh Jackman or Willem Dafoe. And you can even throw in, um, like Will Smith. Cause even Will Smith kind of had a moment of humility in his roundtable discussion on, um, the Hollywood reporter mm-hmm. where, for example, um, To hear um, Hugh Jackman, one of the longest running characters in cinematic history, Wolverine, he talks about not knowing when his next opportunity is going to come from. Mm. And that's something that I'm experiencing with myself now where it's like I'm landing these major roles and all of a sudden there's a lull and it's like, I don't know when my next paycheck is going to come. Mm-hmm. And now I can relate to that type of discussion as opposed to them talking about where they came from and what school they went to, what acting studios they recommend and stuff like that. And right. then Will Smith talking about how it was so hard for him to transition after Fresh Prince of Bel-Air to the big screen because all he was to himself, not even how people perceived him. And it kind of translates in the films that you watch after Fresh Prince. He always kind of plays will smith yeah and hearing him admit that was like yeah i i don't want to be typecasted you know and seeing the fame that he has and that's still something that lingers on his mind is something that i can relate to now being in the industry for as long as i have been so the guidance that they whoever it is imports on me is more just it's I really need to sit down and relate to it. And if I can relate to it, it kind of helps me guide my next steps in terms of how to treat it and react. Like for example, if I'm not booking work and I have a lull for like a year, which happened recently, Mm -hmm. hearing somebody at an A-list level talk about their lulls, it'll humble me and be like, why am I, you know, complaining about not getting a next job while A-listers are also experiencing this same struggle. It doesn't get easier. So then it allows me to kind of just reset my thinking and just really sit down with being okay with not booking for so long. Mm -hmm. Because, I'll get it eventually just like these guys. It's, it's 100% industry now where I need to, I need to play the game. I need to understand the business aspect of show business and just be cool and just be chill with it and not panic because then panic ensues a whole bunch of other different stresses that cause you to just fly off the rails
0: (laughs) That's it for part one of my conversation with Xavi de Guzman. I want to thank him for being here. If you want to support his foundation, the links for that and as well as uh, other ways to contact him are in the description of today's episode. But if you enjoyed this, I encourage you to come back tomorrow for part two, where we are going to be discussing how hard work motivation and positivity can actually be detrimental to your success. So make sure you come back for that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I've been Greg Clunes. Be sure to click subscribe wherever you are tuning in today. And I encourage you to join us inside TLBC Plus. Just head over to tinyleapsplus.com today to join for just $5. And as always, remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every every day.